I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the Power Platform Show. Thanks for joining me today. I hope today's guest inspires and educates you on the possibilities of the Microsoft Power Platform. Now, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from the Netherlands. He works as a product owner of business application platform. He started as a social psychologist and rolled into the IT by chance. He loves making furniture in his spare time. You can find links to his bio, social media, etc. in the show notes for this episode. Welcome to the show, Nils. Thank you very much. Very nice to be here. Did I pronounce your name right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Awesome. I think so. It's so a common name in the Netherlands is Niels, so that's with an E somewhere in the middle. So I listen to both, and I think in English a lot of people do Niles, which is fine by me as well. So very good, very good. Tell us, uh, you know, we, we plan to get in and discuss, of course, um, adoption on the Power Platform. Um, and this came off a an event you were speaking at recently, which I saw a lot of great positive feedback on. Tell me though, before we get started, food, family, and fun. What do they mean to you? Uh, what do you do when you're not uh, when you're not doing IT stuff? <laughs> that, that's quite a lot of my time, actually. Uh, family, we got uh, married uh, to a lovely, lovely lady named Lindsay. Uh, two kids, aged five and almost three. What people say about the second being a lot harder than the first is completely true because the second one for some reason tries to find the edge a lot more than the first one does uh, so that's a lot of non-it time for me and the the fun part yeah do i think the most common answer ever uh, uh fun thing was with family friends movies and building furniture i think that's I the, like it. the main one tell me about building furniture well it people usually try to connect the dots between IT and furniture and then mm-hmm. it, it's 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 blank usually on what, what what's the link between the two but to me it's just building stuff and one is physical and and the other is digital and I'm I'm not the builder type in the digital world so I'm mainly the consultant or product owner that tries to piece things together and help people with vision and make sure that stuff gets done but that's it's so much sitting behind the screen I mean, mm. it's just sitting the entire day behind your screen, typing, emailing, doing Teams calls, and then having something physical to, to counteract that, to I don't know, just, just bang on a piece of wood for a couple of hours on Saturday. Mm. That, that's, for some reason, just really works. And both are, with the tools that you have at your disposal, just try to make the best of it, um, which to me has quite a lot of links with uh, SharePoint, Teams, Power Platform, all of the stuff in between, just trying to make the best of what you have um, and just trying to, to, to build. Yeah. How did you, how did you get into IT? Because uh, as I said in the intro, social, social psychologist is Correct, a, yeah. a, bit of, a bit of a journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, as most people that don't know what to study, I think they go for either law, something in business or psychology. So I, I was the third one. Very great background, but the study is very broad, so you, you never know what to do with it. 
uh, unless you stay at university and teach or do something else, um, any research. Rolled into uh, a nonprofit organization, started doing IT within that organization, and then thought, well, it, it always was a hobby and, and, and something appealing to me. Uh, plus, it has a lot better career opportunities than the nonprofit sector. Um, I had a lot of fun there, but in, in IT, there's just more you can do, more resources, um, uh, sky's the limit usually. So I started doing more IT in that nonprofit organization, and I thought, well, if I want to do this, I need to up my resume. Uh, so I did that for a year, did the CRM upgrade, uh, did the SharePoint implementation. This was about seven years ago, so SharePoint Online was just around the corner. Um, and then for some reason, a dude that I only knew by that family member with a strange name, which is Amancio Quant. You'll probably listen to this somewhere when, when it's launched. But I, I talked to him. I, I never talked to him, but he, he appeared to be, for some reason, one of the most fun people in my family. Um, he worked, and still does, at a Microsoft partner named McCaw. I knew Avanad, who I think a lot of people know, at least that organization. From uh, as a as a partner for the nonprofit organization I uh, I worked for, so I talked at both uh, with my uh, slightly upgraded resume of CRM and SharePoint, and then McCaw came with a good offer and said, "Well, you have less SharePoint um, uh, skills than CRM, but uh, looking at your profile in social psychology, I think that fits better with with uh, uh, what you want to do, what you can do, where we see the the field evolving into." Um, so I picked that one. Wow, and that, that's been six years now. Wow. Okay. So, so a good wee while. What's your main day to day? If I if I was to come and sit in your office, what would your day to day look like? Week to week look like? Yeah. So that's it's. A, I work for uh, our, our bigger uh, customers. So we we as a company do quite a lot, um, except CRM. As a CRM is not dynamics, not one of the focuses. But uh, for the rest, we do pretty much everything. Um, and I'm I'm the I try to piece things together for the customers we work so for. So I work a lot for Heineken, for example, which is uh, uh, one of our bigger customers. I work for them for four days a week, um, and that's mainly trying to trying to do pragmatic things on adoption, change management, pre-sales uh, analysis for apps or solutions we need to build. Um, a bit of project management, but only if we don't have project management on a specific project. Um, so it's, it's mainly piece together. All of the loose things that that surround a project or, or things we do to customer just connect the dots basically is it thirsty work working for heineken yeah the the when you start working at that so i've been working for macaw for the past six years and heineken i think for the past five or five and a half and uh, different capacity but now in the the power platform team and when you're in the office, which of course was more before Corona than now, but when you're in the office, mm-hmm. and you see people opening up a can of beer in the middle of the day. That's really strange until you see that it's zero point zero, and it's okay, okay. That, so that's normal to do within a company, but it's still <laughs> very strange to see people drink beer at the office. Yeah. Well, well, tell me about your view on how you create organizational adoption of the Power Platform. Yeah, that's. That, that, I think that that's a very hard question, um, and I think there, what Microsoft has been doing, and I've heard the same in in your conversation with Simon Owen uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I met, met him and talked to him briefly in Dublin. But there's he talked about the center of enablement uh, that started, of course, with the, the center of excellence and more focus on adoption and change management by Microsoft. I think that's a very good path into better adoption, or also the, the looking at the people side of things. And the, the the change part, other than the KPIs, and we need to we, we need to 
implement things to improve the bottom line of the business. So the easiest answer to view on, on proper adoption and change management, just follow that center of enablement route, all of, all of the things that people talk about. But the biggest thing to me that people forget is to make it fun. So what I've been seeing at, at customers for the past uh, couple of years, and what I also talked about in, in Dublin on the Power Platform Conference, uh, the one you refer to, hmm. is we talk a lot about adoption and change management and a lot of methodologies and theories and how to set up a team and somebody needs to be responsible. All of it, you need to have champions, you need to have a community, all of the, I think, things a lot of people know about now. How to get that done is really hard to find that actual owner, uh, somebody who's not in IT, and, and making sure there's budget and then there's the whole licensing discussion. So that's, I think, topics that, that have been discussed a lot in a lot of different. Also, I think when I see you post on LinkedIn, for example, everything you, I think, post on uh, how to get things adopted are true. Those lists are really good um, uh, and are very important to follow. But the thing to me that people forget, and again, what I talked to in, about in Dublin, is it also has to be something, it has to be a movement that people want to be a part of. It has to be something that people want to join. I mean, that's that's what marketing does. And there's a lot of social psychology behind marketing. So it's not a surprise that that is something that came into, came into my mind. But we, as I think as, as human beings, we have a tendency to just create a process, follow it, and then never question why we actually created that process. And then the next guy or girl comes in and said, well, I don't know, the predecessor made the process and now we're just following that process. And I see the same thing happening in change and adoption. So we say it's, it's people first, it's human centric, uh, but then we get lost in KPIs and targets and roadmaps and processes and automated emails. And we try to automate the welcome message and then the welcome message is fun, but then actually just talk to a person and see what they're doing, what the value is behind the app or solution that they've created do Q&A sessions where you just, I don't know, crack jokes for the first 10 minutes and make it feel like like a group of friends being together. That is what we often forget. So short answer to your question, just follow the extensive documentation on change and adoption. Do it, practice it, get better at it and find an owner. And to me, the thing that most people forget is make it fun, make it something people want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it, it will it will probably fail. So now comes the how question. Yeah. So there's, there, there's, there's a bunch of things that I'm going to unpack in what you've said there. One is, just so in your mind you can think about how this is going to come together. One is, how do you make it fun? Two, you talked a lot about change and adoption, but um, to a lot of people those are just two words that they know nothing about systems, processes, etc. behind it. So I'd like you to unpack Unpack kind of if we're if we're looking at this show here uh, or this episode as a educational, where would we go direct people to to skill up in change and adoption? You talked about an interesting thing there in marketing around how do you and I've lost you had a brilliant word for it, but it's like how do you create the the community, the groundswell within an organization that people want to put their hand up and say, hey, that's me. I want to be part of that group that, you know, I, I identify with that, you know, inside the organization. So these are all, you know, and we've talked about enablement, but enablement, I feel, is people understand how to turn technology on. People understand how to follow a bouncing ball, yep. change the setting, do that, deploy this, makes sense. The minute you go to, hey, how do we enable an organization? How do we create a community in there that 
that are really we're looking at the whole soft skills side of things, all the 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 how do you create a functional team that can scale to thousands of people, depending on the size of the organization you're in. And and you use another thing that that team doesn't necessarily sit in IT. So, and I use the term, I feel it sits adjacent to IT. I don't think it's an IT function to actually run the power platform inside an organization. Now, I think, yes, there's there's licensing, there's deployment of the tenant, you know, the main but everything then from environment up, you know, yes, um, things like DLP, governance, this team that makes up the power platform community should work adjacent with key stakeholders in IT. But I find that anytime IT runs the show, there's no innovation. That's mm. my perception. So tell me, I've given you a lot to work with. Yeah. What are your thoughts that pop to mind? Well, the first thought was that if he asks on the podcast, how do you do this? Then I need to come up with a good answer. And I, I still don't have a very good answer. So that, that was the first thing that popped into my mind. So uh, a couple of things. So the reason why I went to the Power Platform Conference in Dublin was uh, Rebecca Albert. She's an MVP. You, you probably know her. Uh, she's the one with the thing for unicorns. I think that's that's what yes. a lot of people know. Um, yep. She kept nagging me. And, and nagging is a, a negative word, but she kept bugging me on, okay, but just do encouraging and, you. And, and, th- th- thank you that's a lot better uh rebecca if you're listening i'm sorry you listen to mark she asked me to, to why don't you do uh, do a session at, at one of these uh, uh conferences and that, that's how it got got dragged in and but then i had to think about okay but what do we talk about so we have to make the the, the title clickbaity um i have to have a good slide deck i have to have a good story so that's why i picked a bit of first a bit of introduction on what is adoption what is change management and what to me is that missing link and i sort of gave it away but that that fun and more marketing related thing uh, because there's so much talk about adoption and change management as you also mentioned but which is what i mean when do you use adoption is it the same as change management so so i start with that and to me but i think that's also a personal answer adoption is the thing that a lot of people doing it projects or some related to IT projects or our business stakeholders for IT, they, they know the word adoption. And they know it means something on not throwing something over the fence, but actually making sure that people use it or that it's something that people want to use or actually ask somebody, okay, what do you want? And to me, adoption is, is the, the very practical part. So the part where you create a training, where you do a workshop, where you, I don't know, have floor walkers the moment you launch something which still sounds like something out of The Walking Dead, but uh, I think a lot of people know what floor walkers are, actually. So I I drew this axis in in that session where from left to right, it's micro to macro, so smaller projects, a very big project, and top to bottom was theoretical, and then the bottom was practical. And to me, adoption sits in that lower left quadrant. So for smaller projects like a solution that you create, an application you create, something you want to implement, but it's quite practical, which is perfectly fine. If you then want to do a Power Platform implementation, to me, that that goes towards that top right corner, which is uh, more theoretical, more processes, more Excel sheets to fill out, more more assessments to do. I mean, if, if somebody ever saw something from ProSci Othcar, which is the, a lot of the methodology behind the, thing that, the things we use in the Microsoft world, also us and myself, that's more towards the, the macro theoretical so doing stakeholder analysis, seeing if they're for or against or neutral towards the project you're trying to do. Are they good sponsors or, or very verbally strong 
uh, uh, present people, like like stakeholders you need to do something with, or is there a difference between the people you want to get on board, yes or no, who, who are the target audiences of, of the thing you're trying to implement, usually the power platform itself. So those two things, although a lot, a lot of people mix the terms to me, to me they mean smaller things, more practical things, uh, for which you do quick reference card, a training, a SharePoint site, all of the things that, that are not that hard to do, but very easy to miss. And if you're going to bigger things, that needs a theoretical basis of what are we trying to achieve when, what are the milestones, and, and, uh, KPIs, etc. So that was, I believe, an answer to one of the things you, 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 you mentioned mm-hmm. on, on which is when do you use what, at least to me. Yes. If it's a smaller, you're not going to do full change management for an application. For maybe a, mm-hmm. a, a, a big dynamics upgrade or or, or a very big mm-hmm. project or power platform imitation, yes, then you mix the two. But mm-hmm. the the thing that I missed in between those, so in between bigger projects and very theoretical and and simpler, uh, more practical, but for smaller things, was that marketing angle, because in in adoption you have Q and A sessions, you do trainings, you do very simple yes. things in change management for people who know. Uh, you talk about what's your key message and your key message, like I don't know, your your product launch, whom are you going to send it to, uh, which stakeholders mm. are you going to send it, and then also which sponsor is going to send that key message to which mm-hmm. key audience. So yes. I think Procell loves the word key. I think we all do for some reason now that, that I say the word out loud a gazillion times. But that doesn't really talk about coherence. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't talk about, okay, but you're going to bombard people with messages. You're going to think about what you want to send them. You're going to think about who sends it, but you're not going to think about the marketing part, not about the slogan, not yeah. about the branding, not about the more practical stuff that you have in adoption. So luckily there's a field that's been tried and tested for the past, I don't know, 30 or 40 years, which is marketing, which things about content calendars on what's your main content, who do you send it to? So very similar things in between those two. So very long story short, but now that you know me a bit, that is the story of my life. It's always longer than I think it's going to be. Then the topic for that session in, in Dublin on the Power Platform conference that, that Rebecca encouraged me to do, I thought, well, this is a good topic. This explains things about adoption, explains things about change management, puts them into perspective. And then the missing link in between. So the thing to me that ties it together, which isn't a true light bulb moment, but it is to me, it was, okay, but wait, I'm looking for something like a content calendar. Oh, wait, marketing has been doing this for dozens of years. I have a marketing colleague I can ask. Oh, they have a template. Awesome. I'll fill that out and start using that in the Power Platform implementation within Heineken, for example. So it, it provides a different angle. It adds new things, new templates, new new knowledge we can use. And the best part is, to me, it's been there for dozens of years. So it's not something new. It's not something you have to figure out. It's not something you have to create yourself. It's just stuff you can use. But I don't think it's, it's stuff we've been searching within the adoption change management world of especially IT uh, implementations. So that was also a part of an answer. And then I forgot the rest of the questions. It's good. It's good. I like because you mentioned ProSci, which is it's it's where when I think of the word adoption and change management, yep. that's where I think and people are like, oh, yeah, but there's other systems. I've never seen somebody present me another system um, or solution or said this is better than ProSci. So ProSci is definitely that makes sense. And if you're listening, go take a look, look up on ProSci, the ADCAR model, look at how, when uh, I know it was 2013, when I first came across this, this um, way 
of creating or facilitating successful software projects. And it was light and day in how it changed. You talked about big projects over time. It changed. It was really the marker of success of those projects. Because there's nothing worse than going live, deploying, and then assessment five, you know, a month later, and nobody's using it. Nobody, oh, why isn't anybody adopting it? And I found that when you implemented and had someone in the role of change manager on projects, they seem to go really well, you know, consistently well. Now, another thing you just said there, though, was about fun. And I just think fun is such a uh, subjective thing. And for some people, facilitating fun doesn't come naturally, right? There is the need to go to a local coffee shop, perhaps, to create the fun. And I am meaning in the Amsterdam term of coffee shop. (laughs) Or you need to, you know, it doesn't come naturally. And so when you think about, you know, like when I feel, when I kick off a meeting and I've really thought about it, so I'm going to run a workshop and I start with, let's say, an exercise 30 minutes long, maybe about getting to know you. And I get people to do practical, like, you know, I think of that icebreaker and I try to mix it up and make it different. But the whole idea is get people out of, overthinking why they're here, overthinking why, you know, what they need to say, how they need to look and really get them to the point of comfortableness of just presenting themselves and perhaps parts of themselves that they didn't think were applicable, but it gives other people context and understanding how we work as a team. So going back to that fun thing, if you were looking across, you know, let's say you're embedded and assisting an organization like Heineken, how do you create that culture inside the, and it's not just this app build, but it's, in the context of the platform. So it's in the context of a thousand apps, 10,000 apps, 50,000 automations. How do you create that element of fun and you know, inclusivity, bringing people into the, you know, into the mix all the time? Yeah, when I, when I just said I forgot the other question, I tried to dodge the how one, but you, <coughs> you expertly brought it back. So that was, that was great. No, so I, I think a lot of it rests on the team driving this. So if you look mm. at our at our Heineken team, I'm not an expert on high-performing teams. I'm not trying to say that we are, by the way. Uh, that would be very uh, uh, egotistical. But it's if the team driving an implementation or even just an app and the implementation of that app is purely focused on the processes and the business outcomes and all important things that I'm, I'm by no means uh, um, uh, uh, trying to make less than less important than it is, then you're going to get workshops and meetings focused on very yes. blue, uh, as in as in disk MBTI profiles, or if that rings a bell, very process or organization focused people um, running that workshop in in a team that that doesn't have a lot of fun and isn't the team itself isn't inclusive and there's no psychological safety. So I don't know people can just they can't yes. say what they want to and it's 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 then that is what you're going to get. How to create that team? That is it. If we crack that one, it's going to be. I think a million dollar company that we can set up and then just do that for now and create those teams. But it's for some reason within our Heineken team, it worked. And I see that Mm. that I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to advertise about our company, but within Mocha, it also worked. Mm -hmm. And the good news to me is that, and I'll, I'll try to answer as much of the how as I can, within a lot of the Microsoft ecosystem, and especially within the Power Platform, it also sort of happened. So I don't know why it happened. I don't know why it doesn't happen for out systems, or at least I don't see it happening. I, I'm, I'm not that well versed in, in that world, but I don't see the same within the out system world or the Mendix world or SAP or, or I don't know, name your competitors on whatever yeah. field that Microsoft is in, which is every field. Hmm. I, I don't see the same level of fun 
And to me, that also ties yeah. back into, and I'll, I'll try to work in, this into an answer. This, that also ties into that builder mentality that I've mentioned in my bio, so what I like and what I like to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A lot of us, and I think most people, have that innate intrinsic motivation to build stuff, to create things. And then yes. we start working yes. and we get bogged down by all of the processes and cogwheels and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and we just follow processes and, and, and that's also fine. I mean, you have to provide for your family, you have to do what you do. That's, it's, um, again, not saying that, that that's not good or important, but that natural feeling to build things, that's for better or worse, because it leads to a lot of things being created that don't have to be created. But for better or worse, that, that is very hard to ignore. If you look at it from that angle, the Microsoft community, especially around the Power Platform, is filled with people just wanting to build stuff. And from that intrinsic mm. motivation, from that, that, that sort of necessity to get something out of your hands, into, to will it into existence, that in and of itself is fun. Not the entire process, because stuff fails, people get angry, not everything is fun, but overall that process is fun. So if you have that baseline, to me, it doesn't have to be that hard to make such a community and a power platform implementation, it shouldn't, I don't think it's that hard to make it fun. Because to me, by definition, people wanting to build things, creating things, get enthusiastic about what they build, people want to share that. So if you enable them and don't lock too many settings and lock down permissions and hopefully get your licensing model in order so people can actually build the more fun stuff than just SharePoint and Dataverse team stuff. Then I, I, I think you just, I'm not trying to be too philosophical, but the same as a river, I mean, just you know, bend it in the right direction and not stand, stand in its way too much. And I think that the companies that I see where it's not that fun, not that much fun, is that it's... There's a team behind it, very focused on business outcome, very focused on processes, very focused on sort of the, the old IT adage of, of permissions and security and, and making sure that that stuff isn't redundant. And you think about supportability and maintainability, all very important things. But if you focus on that too much, then same as with a kid coming to you with, with I don't know, something of Lego that they just built, like, like my kids. If the only thing you have to do to encourage them to build the next thing, just be positive, acknowledge what they build, and then uh, try to make it better together or something. It, it, to me, and I think that's the best answer I can give, try to stay close to more natural things like building things, encouraging things, be positive about what other people build and try to build on top of it. Same as improv comedy, not just say yes and all the time, not say no or no, but you have to talk to Peter. Oh, but uh, it looks good. But Bob just created the same thing. So uh, I don't know what your guys are doing, but I'm not using until you figure out what I'm going to use. I'm not using it. I don't care. So I think just let nature run its course, which is a very strange thing to say about IT, but just yeah, stay close to that builder mentality and harness that that innovation power and that fun that people have while building things and not being too much of a roadblock to them. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If there's a guest you'd like to see on the show, please message me on LinkedIn. If you want to be a supporter of the show, please check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Stay safe out there and shoot for the stars.